Welcome to Eyes Closed. This experience is here to take you each week into the energy world and let you feel it, sense it and experience it for yourself. My name is Capucine, I'm a Reiki Master Teacher and I'm teaching energy and delivering energy sessions each week in my premium content. I also teach Reiki each month. All the informations are down in the show notes. Thank you for joining me this week. And trust, trust within where you will be going is a new dimension of yours. And I'm excited to be the one taking you there. Thank you. This week, we welcome Denise, aka Sugar and Spiced once more. She came a few weeks ago and I am so happy to bring her back. Today we talk about the Akashic Records and dragons and working with and for spirits. This conversation is much more than an interview. It's two healers talking together about work, about their sacred purpose. And Denise is such a wonderful example she's a role model to me and i'm so happy that her energy can be witnessed here and that you can consider working with her working within the akashic record and digging deeper this realm is quite new it's not even mainstream yet and we're all advancing creating new path and what was secret, what was hidden, is now becoming visible. We don't have a map, we're creating the paths ourselves. And I think this is very, very interesting to remind ourselves each and every day that we are explorers. And this today is a new itinerary for you to discover, to walk on your own or with us using our tools, our new tools, and welcome to this new land. Thank you. Welcome to Eyes Closed, Denise. I'm so happy to welcome you a second time here. How are you? <laughs> Hello, I am happy to be here a second time. Um, we have a lot to talk about. So yeah, I'm super excited. And you know, I love you so much. So I really like being invited here. Thank you so much for accepting the invites. So last time we talked about you and your story and your consciousness, your ancestors, and that was fascinating. And today let's focus on the Akashic Records and how you directly channel them, how you work with them, what they mean, what they could mean for you, listener, and let's go. Ooh, okay, loaded question to start. Okay, well, if people... You know, I'm sure at this point, if they follow me, if they follow you, they know what they are. But just in case, the, the Akashic Records um, tend to define themselves as, um, I guess, a database, where it's a, data, a database, a collection of observations, um, a dedicated record of every thought, feeling, uh, and action taken since the incarnation of your soul. So it's kind of like a big, just database you know uh, in our energy healing work you you made the analogy that reiki is like 
being connected to the internet and then all the other subgroups of Reiki is kind of like the the websites that you get to visit. Um, so I kind of like to make the analogy that the Akashic Records are like the Google of your soul's imprint, your unique energetic imprint. So by accessing them, um, you really get priceless information as far as behavioral patterns, you know, what responsibilities are yours in this lifetime, which ones are left over, um, how is your ancestral lineage either helping or hindering you, um, just any sort of question, no matter how mundane, no matter how grand and impossible it seems to answer, is answerable with given, you know, the objective and neutral observations of the Akashic Records. Um, yeah, so I think every life, every session, every individual session with a person's Akashic Records is so life-changing. And I really don't hype myself up and saying, you know, book with me because I'm life-changing, like I'll change your life. But no, regardless of the practitioner, um, I always try to encourage people to have at least one session because the the energy itself is just so humbling and at the same time empowering. You know, you come out of the session knowing so much about yourself and yet knowing nothing about the all that you are at the same time. Um, and it's just such a feeling of oneness with yourself and and with every with every living being you know you you come out of that session and you look at your life from a perspective that you might have never had before you know it's kind of challenging to see yourself through the eyes of source but in the records that's the only perspective you get you only see yourself as um you know an incarnation that's just out there trying to experience itself and 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 they always hold support and compassion and guidance um and i think it's it's just it's priceless truly it's priceless um so yeah i just if anybody out there is listening and you've never heard of the akashic records and you've never had a session find the right practitioner for you because your practitioner is going to usher you through this life-changing moment so you want to make sure it's someone that resonates with you somebody that you trust whose work is reliable you know capuchin um she she channels the records i channel the records um and it's just life-changing truly priceless so please go out there and do that um now for the other part of the question um i do channel via i just become a direct channel you know i kind of burst through a person's um eighth or ninth chakra if you count the earth star um and i become a direct channel for the records i offer them my body my voice to just behave and communicate a message in whatever way they want um for me personally it's really challenging for me to maintain a conversation with my client as myself and also deliver you know the information of the of the akashic records so for that reason i just choose not to i kind of just choose to put my individual consciousness and um i guess sacrifice isn't the right word but like surrender her and just kind of let her do whatever she wants really but she just really tunes out um <clears throat> because um 
I mean, I'm very mercurial. So I tend to overthink. And something I learned in the Akashic Records is it's better to just not think at all. You know, if you know you're an overthinker, just turn it off completely. And you'll find that when you surrender your need to be in control, um, beautiful things happen. Beautiful, amazing things happen that probably wouldn't if your individual consciousness was in the way a little bit. So I just choose not to. And I become a direct channel, meaning that um, I, you're talking to the records through me, you know, and and energy doesn't lie you know so people always comment they're like oh my god like your voice changes completely your vocabulary changes completely um you know you come out of that trance like state or whatever and you're a totally different person i'm like yes because it's not me i am not that wise sis like there is no way that that could be me um but yeah so that's how i conduct my sessions typically you know i begin with an opening meditation, perform an energetic sweep, make sure we're both, you know, capable and in a good space to receive first the energy because that's where the healing occurs. And then, um, and then the information. So, you know, usually the records address somebody and they're like, Hey, you're doing great or whatever, or Hey, what do you want? <laughs> um, and you know, the asker presents their questions and then the Akashic records answer it. And they answer it lovingly with as much guidance um, as is necessary for you in that present moment to just kind of click things into place and move forward in your life in in the evolution of your of your soul's journey. So, yeah, I love doing it. It's my favorite place to be. I totally understand. I love being there. When I read for a client. I always feel like the end of Hercules, the cartoon where he finally raises on that cloud and he's welcomed on Olympus by all of his family and everybody's clapping like, yay, welcome back. This is how I feel. I'm always like, okay, they're happy to see you. Like, good job. You did good by, you know, investing in this session. And everybody's like, yeah, finally. And then you've got this, you know, Hercules is shining bright instead of having the human skin. Exactly how I feel. That's amazing. That's a great analogy because it really is like that. <laughs> um, I have a question about the, you know, when you forget yourself, when you forget your individuality, do you still hear it? Because you say it tunes out. And for me, when I do it, I'm always like very humbled by listen, listening to their advice and being like, oh God, like I, I don't even want to say it out loud because it's, it's a really good advice, but it feels so unhuman. Like, you know, cutting through so many things. So at this point, my individuality is like, oh, okay, that's kind of interesting what they're saying. I'm going to tell you because otherwise the fight is going to be like, no, this advice, this advice is like problematic. It could be so problematic and create such a polemic. So I'm like, mm, mm, okay, well, this is what's happening. This is the advice. Like, I'm very interested that this is the advice and I would have thought with my, maybe my ego, no matter how much I'm working on my ego, but mm -hmm. how do you? <laughs> I, I don't interpret the message. I don't add to it. I don't take away from it. I trust with my whole heart and my fullest faith in every moment that what is coming out of my mouth has been arranged in a way that that person will understand 
and have the ability to embody. I always trust that it's exactly what that person needs and that their circumstances leading up to this session have prepared them to receive it in this way. So um, again, for me, it, I'm, I'm so dual that like, I feel like I can't do that without yeah. taking over the session and making it not necessarily about me, but you know, me being the advice giver rather than the records. So because I know myself um, and I know I don't know how to shut up, you know, um, I just, I just choose not to. So I just, I don't really allow myself to contribute to a session. Like I just, I hang out and um, I do still hear it, but um, I don't really retain it. Unless you ask me immediately when your records are closed to repeat something, because I will never interpret it. I will never interpret it for a person. I will never clarify. I will never um, provide an example. I No, I don't. I always tell my clients at the beginning, if you need clarification, if you need something repeated, expanded, more specific, do it while I'm channeling, because I am not doing it, because I don't know anything. Mm -hmm. You can trust the records um, more, what, way more than you can trust another human, any living being. I don't care who you are. You can trust the records much more. So, you know, um, I try not to. And yeah, I, I always just trust that it's exactly what they need. And after a session, if they say, oh, you know, they said something about this. Like, do you remember? If it's immediately after I close their records, I probably do because it takes me a while to just reacclimate to my normal frequency. It takes me about maybe like 10 minutes to totally forget your session. And it takes me about 30 minutes to really um, like stand up and walk around normally and things like that. So um, yeah, if it's within like the first five to 10 minutes of a session, I can repeat it, but that's all I'll, I'll do. I I try to I try to take myself out of the session as much as possible just because I there I want more than I'm so loyal to the Akashic records they've done so much for me as a person um that I really want to protect their integrity and sometimes that means protecting it from myself from my own opinions from you know, sharing their message through a lens that I lived that may not be appropriate for the person who is asking. So in, in my, you know, in my mission and my focus to protect their integrity, I just, I choose to just completely not participate. How do you enter them? You talked about prayer in the first episode. Do you use a specific prayer? For example, some use Linda House pathway prayer process, but what do you use? Yeah, that's the one I use. That's the book that I touched on that like just happened, you know, quote unquote, accidentally land in my hands. And that's the one I sat in the bookstore and I read all the way through. And that, yeah, that's the one. It's the Pathway Prayer Process by Linda Howe. So yeah, that's the, that's the, the process I use um, to be a direct channel. And, um, I've recommended it to quite a few of, um, just people that I feel the records, you know, would really help. Um, 
And it's really interesting because that prayer process doesn't really work for everyone, I find. And in my enthusiasm, I'm like, no, you're just not trying hard enough. You can totally do it. But no, like now that I've now now that I've tried it enough times with other people, I really began to see um a pattern of who that prayer works for specifically. And I think that prayer works for people who are just naturally talented um, communicators. You know, um, in my journey with energetic healing, you know, I, I signed up for your Reiki program, you tuned me. I've noticed that I speak in my energetic healings. Um, so, you know, voice and expression has always been a huge part of my life. Like I went to school for it. I, I worked in the field of communications and PR for five years. I was going to school to be a lawyer. So it's always been writing, spoken word, and that prayer process uses literally all of my natural talents, you know? Um, yeah. So that's the way I open it. I open via um, guided meditation. Like I said, and then it's the prayer, and then it just it clicks, like it's just there. And then when I close, you know, I, I perform a closing ceremony that just involves a different prayer to close them and kind of send off my client with love and confidence and you know immense gratitude for the information received, as little or as much as it is. I always trust that it's exactly what's needed. Um, and yeah, that's it. That's beautiful. I always have trouble closing the records because like my brain is like super fuzzy. So I'm like holding on to my piece of paper or my phone and I'm trying to do it and my eyes are like twitching and then I so yeah, I'm very thankful for having a, a format, I guess, to stick to so that I can get to do it, which is you know, the energy is so strong. So I want to know about your first experience for yourself in the records. How did you experience the records when you went to your own? Hmm. I was really scared of opening them. You know, I read the book, I reread the book, and I reread the book, and um, I just kind of kept putting it off. Um, and I think a part of me knew that when I opened them, everything was going to change. My entire life was going to change. Like, I knew that. And it wasn't I was never scared that I couldn't access them. A part of me knew that I would. What I was afraid of was how great I would be at it, really. And I, I, <clears throat> I say that with no arrogance at all, as much as I just knew. You know, I read about them, I understood what they were, and I there was some part of me that I was like, yeah, that's for me. There was just a certain knowing that I was, I knew that it was for me. And so it wasn't really weakness I was afraid of, it was power. I was so scared. I was like, am I sure that I can do this without getting arrogant? Am I sure that I can use this without using this information against somebody? Am I sure that I can use this to my highest benefit, even if it means sacrificing the comfort or the perceived comfort that I'm currently in, you know? 
am I courageous enough to leave behind what is good and move towards better? Because my life was good at that point. You know, it's easy to change circumstances when you're having a bad time, but when you're comfortable and you're asked to go towards more, sometimes it's even more frightening. So I did a tarot reading and I was like, all right, what's going to happen when I open these records? And it was like the sun and, you know, <laughs> what was it? Um, Eight of pentacles and the ten, ten, ten of pentacles. So I was like, wow, I'm going to be happy and rich. And yet I'm not going to open them. <laughs> so I, I put it off for a long time for um, a couple weeks. And um, I think the first time I opened them was May 3rd of this year actually so I haven't really been practicing all that long um so I opened them and the energy was what spoke so deeply so profoundly to me um my eyes got teary and I was like why am I crying I was like I don't get it but something like that again that's your individual consciousness not being able to really identify a situation as either good or bad it was just unfamiliar to my brain but my soul is what was crying my soul my spirit my essence was like we made it we're here somebody mom and dad are gonna come get us like we're fine we're safe and um that was really beautiful for me to just be able to sit in the energy and really challenge myself to translate energetic imprints that were actually not dramatic they were very subtle so i had to be hyper self-aware hyper sensitive for me to really understand the shifts because the akashic records are a natural system that that lives inside of you so it doesn't need to be dramatically um, physically tangible for you to know you're in it and that was my experience you know, I was thinking I was going to levitate or something <laughs> and I didn't, it was actually very natural, very peaceful. What it did give me was total calm and total silence. You know how you said you're always a little like ungrounded uh, and you're just like everywhere, you know, when you're trying to close the records, cause it's just so big. It's so expansive for me. That's how I feel normally. I'm just like this anxiety driven little thing trying to navigate through life. Um, so for me, the Akashic Records were the total opposite. They were like, you can calm down, like you're fine. That energy is what it spoke to me. Um, you know, I was sitting with my spine straight in total comfort, in total peace, total acceptance. And I was just like, wow, like if I didn't take the time to notice it, I wouldn't have noticed the difference. So I'm glad that I was present. And then um, the first thing I ever channeled, they were just kind of like, hello. And I was like, what? Like I, I opened my eyes and I looked around the room and I was home alone and I was like, wait, I probably made that up. I was like, there's no way. And then I heard it again and I was like, hello, how are you? And I was like, oh my God, like I was freaking out. And I was just like, I'm just gonna answer it and see what happens. And at the time I was channeling via writing. So I would write down everything that they said to me. And um, so I wrote on my paper, I was like, hello um kind of confused who i'm talking to but i'm just gonna go with it and see what happens and they were like you have successfully opened the records and then it was like and now you may close us and i was like i don't get to ask anything they were like no 
it's just the awareness that you can open them, that you can access them is totally enough. We repeat, you may close the records. I close them because something, there was just something really authoritative <laughs> about it where it was like, I knew I probably shouldn't argue because it wasn't going to go anywhere. Um, so, so I did. So I closed them and I just kind of sat down and I was just like, I feel weird, man. Um, not in a bad way, in a, in a way where I was just kind of like, I don't feel like my normal self. I feel better. And it, that, sh that shift that happened inside of me was probably more powerful than anything they could have said to me at the beginning. So I, I, I think they were just kind of like, you did it. We're just here to confirm that you're channeling. Now close them. Like we don't, we're not going to give you anything. Just go to sleep now. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was my first experience. That's so beautiful. Thank you. Well, when I first went there, that's, that's what I meant by ungrounded because I feel like I'm always, you know, closed off as a Scorpio. I'm like, I have my shell. Mm. And when I do, I'm like feeling so much love that it's seeping and it's creating new, you know, like I'm showing myself, I'm showing emotions. I look at you and I feel so much love and I didn't used to have this. So it's like they kind of opened me and now I'm getting more used to it. So when I live my life, I get to show love to others as well, which is so nice. But I'm reading really to images. When I went there for the first time, I felt like I was, I had a dragon who was just next to me and I was under their wing and we could sleep at night and I was protected. And I was like, I'm finally under someone's wing. Maybe it's my own, but I feel like I can be okay now. I can sleep. And that was so nice because, you know, with parents and all the stories that we've had, I finally had that roof over my head. And that was, yeah, that was so, so nice. So that's yeah. so beautiful. God, ground getting emotional. <laughs> I want to go there now. Um, yeah. Yes. So do you have a question? Do you want to talk about something? Let's talk about the dragon. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Let's go. Mm -hmm. So you've been channeling messages from dragons and recently they asked you to be outed, I guess. Like not be outed. Sorry. They told you that you could talk about them to everyone online, to everyone that you meet. And so you kind of, I don't want to say did they're coming out, but you asserted their presence into our realm. And I want to know about this. How, how is it going for you? How did you first notice them? How did you first contact them? And, and what they're here to say, what they're here to share with us through you? I um I always liked them as a kid, you know. Um, I thought they were cool. It didn't really go beyond that. I didn't have like a heavy interest in dragons or anything. It was just kind of like when I saw one in a cartoon, I was like, I love it, you know. And that was always my favorite character. Um, so I really, you know, I I would see on spiritual Twitter, whatever you want to call it, I would see people, you know, referring to unicorns and and mermaids and fairies, and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I'm clearly not there yet because that sounds like BS to me. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't even think I want to. Like, sounds ridiculous, but okay. And then the Akashic Records happened. <laughs> And so on my second ever session um, with the Akashic Records, 
um, I feel like I didn't really get to ask questions as much as it was a conversation. Um, they, I was involved in a friendship that wasn't necessarily the best for me. They weren't, I shared with them in confidence, you know, like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I think I'm being called to the Akashic records. And they were kind of like, no, I don't think that'd be for you. Just kind of like backhanded saying that I couldn't do it. And, and I was like, oh, okay, well, all right. Well, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm just making things up, you know? Um, so the second time I ever opened the records, they, the first thing they told me, they were like, you need to see how big you really are. Like you, you, you need to see it. We need you to witness it. So I had this vision and I'm, I'm not typically clairvoyant. I'm more of a clairsentient, claircognizant type of person. So I wasn't, I wasn't ready. <laughs> um, and I saw a flame, just a huge flame. And I was like, yes, fire. Um, and from that flame came a red dragon and it was just huge and it was so huge and it was so expansive that I opened my eyes and I was like I can't believe you're not in my living room right now like it's so real and from this flame this dragon came and then I heard a voice that was like yeah and it grows eight times this size and I was like what and so it started expanding and I was like oh my god I was freaking out and they were like, that's you, like, that, that's you, Denise, like, that. that's who you are at your core being, you are this magnificent, just extraordinary, you know, freaking serpent or something, and I was just like, wow, and then it, it was gifted to me, that dragon just never left, so I consider it to be one of my guides now, um, and from this flame, after the dragon came an eagle, or like a hawk thing, or something, and then it went back into the flame and then a phoenix came out um and this was back in may so i didn't know like they didn't elaborate or anything so you know as i was going through my daily meditations per usual i just kept seeing this red dragon and i was just like do i talk to you like what do i do um yeah, and, and sometimes in meditation, she'd come straight out of my chest. Like, I would just have flashes of her just, like, Wah! coming right out of my chest. And then and then going back in and hanging out in my, like, spine. Um, so I would notice behavioral patterns of this dragon. Like, I would notice when she would come out. I knew that it was a feminine dragon. Um, and I knew that it could talk. I think that I just couldn't always hear it. I couldn't always hear her. And it helped me by naming her. Because I, I was still in that zone where I was like, there's no way I could be seeing a freaking dragon. Like, there's just, there's no way. Um, you know, like, I don't believe in fairies and stuff like that. So I was still stuck in that zone. So I wouldn't really talk to it. Um, I would just kind of be aware that it was there. And I was like, I would just, I was really dismissive of it in general. I was like, that's, that's not real. That's not real. Oh man, baby, was it real, real. <laughs> and so um, that's kind of how it began. It began with a fire elemental dragon and I named her Azula, but she likes to be called Lula. Um, 
and she just became my guide. And at the time she was really empowering and, and almost brutally, um, highlighting everything in my life that just needed to go, everything that needed to be destroyed, every relationship, every belief I had about myself. It was just really in my face really hard to ignore to the point where I was like all right this dragon thing might be real like it might actually be real it might actually be having a tangible effect on me ever since I had those visions did you follow what she was telling you to do did you cut those people off yeah yes because it felt right and even if I didn't immediately act on it it just kept getting more and more obvious how detrimental these beliefs and these relationships and circumstances were to my health and, mm -hmm. and to the, they were hindering the direction I wanted to go in. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, you, like I said, my life was comfortable and I wanted to stay comfortable. And, you know, Azula kind of forcefully, <laughs> it gave me the courage to say, this is not enough. This is what you have now. And it's better than what you've had before, but it's not enough. Like, there's no way it can be enough. There is more out there, so go get it. And I was like, no. <laughs> um, and then, so I thought that was it. I thought that was it. And then that later on that summer, when I was done cutting people off, I had um, a dream of a green dragon, a very traditional Chinese green dragon. And I shared the dream with a friend. It was holding two eggs. And in my dream, the current was going the opposite way. So it was going from the city shore into the ocean rather than the waves coming from the ocean to the shore. So I was like, what the heck is that? Um, and I woke up and I shared that dream with a friend. And I was like, hey, you're really into Chinese astrology. So like NET on a particular green dragon and it was like oh the water god and I was like ah that makes a lot of sense because there was water in my dream so I named that one Sebastian because it was reoccurring and that one gave me it kind of cooled down the fire it kind of cooled down the fire and it really empowered me to learn how to just flow and not always have an answer and not always be the active role in my life you know like if I don't work I don't make money and Sebastian was kind of like, that's not true. Like, that's not always true. So you don't always have to work to maintain your relationships or else they go away. You don't always have to work or else your bills don't get paid. Like, that's, that you need to expand from this black or white world you live in and really understand this polarity that you swim in. So um, he also kind of hung out, never really went away. I knew that one was a, was a boy dragon. Um, and then uh, I think those are the only ones that are consistently with me all the time. But after that, the Akashic Records, about a month after that, they were like, all right, time to tell everyone. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, no. And, you know, that was me. That was my ego. I was like, I don't think the world is ready to, to hear that these light beings that exist as dragons are real and influencing our world. I like, I don't think um, I'm ready to share that. I don't think people are ready to hear it. And the, the Akashic Records and their infinite wisdom, they were like, and who are you to determine what the world is ready for? If we tell you to share 
this information, it's because A, the dragons, the light beings known as dragons that incarnate as dragons or show themselves as dragons, they're ready to be seen. They're ready to come here and they're ready to go off, I guess. And B, they're here answering a call. They don't come just for funsies. You know, they come because there's a collective call for help. So they're swarming in. You're either with it or you're not. So you can, are you going to service us? Yes or no. And I was like, you know what, Akashic Records, I'm going to go ahead and trust you on this one. So what do I do? And they told me, um, the dragons that want to reveal themselves to you will. So just wait. And they gave me a date. They were like, by this date, um, make sure that you channel and introduce whatever dragons come to you. So I would just kind of sit in meditation and sure enough, you know, energies that definitely didn't feel like the records would come in and they had very distinct voices and, and noises almost. Um, some like guttural noises and some like almost like dolphin squeaky things. Um, and yeah, and, and so I, I published that thread having no idea, no questions prepared. I didn't know what I was going to see, what I was supposed to do. I just, I just knew that I was instructed to share whatever was given to me. And that's exactly what I did. Um, but because of that, you know, um, I was given a lot of gifts by these dragons and it was freaking awesome. So I really encourage people that feel called to the dragon realm, you know, um, for whatever reason, you know, you don't feel comfortable working with the concept of angels or fairies or whatever, just maybe try the dragons because the dragons are, you know, we talked about parent wounds a little bit earlier. The dragons are so motherly, regardless of the genders they may or may not have. They're so motherly, so protective, so nurturing, so compassionate to you. And you're looking at this fierce thing, right? Like it's scaly, it's armored, it's huge, and it's in your face because they, they appear to me like this. Like they are in my face, like maybe two inches away from my third eye is how I know that they're there because they're in my face. So, you know, to see the paradox of this fierce looking thing being so nice to you, so compassionate, so sympathetic to your condition, that they really do whatever they can to empower you and kind of nudge you along the right path. Um, so I really encourage people to just, um, just ask, just ask for help. You know, the elemental dragons tend to come even when you don't ask. Um, for their help because they just they know you need it man um but yeah so that that's kind of where I'm at with dragons now um I'm working with the dragon frequency to perform energetic healings so that's really cool um yeah that's kind of where I'm at now and I love it I really do I used to have a ton of animal spirit guides and and now the only ones I'm aware of are the fire and the water dragon and those are my consistent guides. Um, there's two deep blue dragons that come in every now and then to make sure I'm solid, you know, I'm not dying. Um, and um, yeah, it's been, it's been a wild ride to say the least. Um, and that hawk vision is, I think, the one I'm currently living in. 
Um, so I'm excited to see what the Phoenix brings me. But right now, I think I'm like, since May till now, I'm definitely like in that hawk eagle type of realm right now. And just definitely keeping my dragons where I'm like, nah, y'all better not leave me. <laughs> I can't do this by myself. If you are enjoying this kind of conversation, I want you to know that there's more. I have started a new course called Alter, and it's on patreon.com slash capucine. All the details are in the show notes. You can join, catch up on the videos, catch up on the exercises. The course is here to help you connect with your inner devotion to yourself. It's all about using tools like the Akashic Records, like shadow integration, like writing prompts, energy healing, consciousness meditation. All of it is here every week to help you connect. And I cannot wait to see you bloom and grow when you join the course. So join my new course. It's on patreon.com slash capucine. I cannot wait to see you there. That's wonderful. And the phoenix, you know, like in astrology, we have the Scorpio that becomes the eagle and then, then becomes the phoenix. So you could work with that, knowing that they're on the Will Fortune card as well. They're, I think, in temperance in some decks as well. But they really are about, you know, mastering the, the water with the fire. So, you know, Scorpio water and then phoenix fire. So I didn't know that. They're alchemical. Yeah. I'm going to find it. Um, there are chemical, beautiful figures. I love them so much. See, we've got the eagle in the world. We've got the eagle who's supposed to pre represent the fixed water, so Scorpio. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, oh my God. Yeah. I had no idea. That resonates very deeply. <laughs> and that just proves how much the Akashic Records know more than I do. You know, like... To this day, I didn't know that that's what they were doing. <laughs> alchemy, just alchemy, alchemizing your biggest, your biggest, you know, wounds, but also fires your fat, your passion. It's not on this temperance card, but I want to talk more about dragons. I, you made me recollect so many things when you talked about it because you don't get someone to speak dragons about like every day. <laughs> but right? when. Yeah, right. Three years ago, I was talking with a friend about being afraid of my own power because I was very much into my victim state and I was kind of seeing glimpses of my power. And he was like, yeah, but what does you being in your real identity and real essence look like? And I saw this black dragon. And the only thing I understood was I can spit fire and I'm so afraid of being triggered and activated and that I'm, I'm speaking fire, you know, I'm like, and then I can defend myself finally. And I realized, you know, with the monster and everything, I've, I have became this dragon in ways, but you can see him here. This is the Phoenix and the Wheel of Fortune. Okay. So you've got the Taurus, you've got Leo, you've got this one who's supposed to be Aquarius, Aquarius, sorry, and then the Scorpio becomes the Eagle and then the Phoenix. So yeah. How beautiful. See, I, I, I had never seen that. I don't really own, I don't own the traditional yeah. uh, tarot deck. So I've never, I've never had the pleasure of actually seeing that. I'm really shook. I'm sure that there maybe in other decks there are there as well. You can check. Let's see. <laughs> Immediately after this session, that's exactly what I'm going to do. 
So about dragons, when you said, you know, they're mothers and nurturing people who are listening right now, they're really amazing teachers. They're really here to help you learn the lessons. And that is so nice. It feels like you have your own mentor and like showing you the way. And it means stepping into your power. It means that, yes, you can spit fire. It means that, yes, you get to be big and visible and all those things. And that can be so triggering when we're not used to it. And you don't need to do this in a week. It could take a few years, but start there. And I think it's the most beautiful way to check if you're actually sovereign in your energy. Like if you consider it and you're afraid of, you know, being seen. Because, mm -hmm. you know, dragonflies and all those reasons, they're visible. And when I was in the records, I, I was in a specific space in the records. I mean, it, on Earth, but why being in the records? And I was asking, why is this place changing me so quickly? The frequency of this space, I, I, I needed to take a boat for two hours. And then I would stay there for two days or three days. And my whole head was spinning. The whole place was wonderful. And I asked them and they told me this is because dragons used to live there on the 5D, that they used to be there. And I had this vision of them above the sea and like living in this place. And I was like, ooh, this is so nice. I loved it. And I got this hint that they're coming back, like really coming back. So I wanted to know if you know anything about this, if you've been told, you know, they're coming back maybe in the 5D or <laughs> in the 3D, please. <laughs> but no, of course. But what do you know about it? I do know that they are making themselves known for sure, like right now, you know, um, in very small, almost insignificant ways. They are, but they are very much, you know, uh, showing themselves. I had a friend mailing me some crystals and she sent me a picture. She's like, I'm mailing you some crystals and look at this wall at the post office, military stamps and children's book about dragons. What? And I was just like, oh, you know, <laughs> there it is. Um, I'm in my car wondering what I can pick up to eat that day. I'm in a rush and I look to my left and there's an, uh, a dragon fruit you know, bowl place or something. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> all right, there you are. Okay, I get it. So I think in very almost insignificant ways, they are starting to condition the collective to be more accepting, you know, not just through my thread. I feel like my thread was kind of like a really dramatic public announcement that this was going to start happening more consistently. Um, but now in really small mundane ways, you can really start to see more dragon imagery just kind of gaining momentum. And I think it's going to condition us for at least the next five years um, to really wrap our minds around the imagery of dragon, their, their symbolism, their functions. Um, and by that time, I really think we'll be in the 5D frequency. So it'll be much easier, much easier for us to not only see them, but to actually make have two-way conversations with them without the proxy of the records or without the proxy of um, even meditation or something. Just being able to be like, oh, Azula, your girl needs help. What am I supposed to do? And then Azula will say, it would be beneficial if these were your next steps or something. 
um, yeah, in a way that we can consistently hear each other, I think. But I do think it'll be in the 5D. I, I don't, I really don't think we'll be able to see any tangible, real, meaningful uh, connection between dragon and man um, in the 3D. Um, I just don't think we're in a space. <laughs> I don't think we're in a space. I don't think that it can't happen. I just think we're not in a space to receive it and discern it properly you know, interpret it in a way that's, that it's intended. We're not there yet. So I definitely think we're being conditioned. Um, but I mean, yeah, man, like Chinese, um, ancient history has them depicted everywhere, even petroglyphs in, in ancient Egypt of winged serpents. Um, my own ancestry, you know, the Mayans worshipped the, the winged or I guess plumed um, serpent in the sky so I'm like oh they've been around it's just that the more technology advances the the less psychic we become you know we used to be really in tune that this like seeing winged serpents was very normal and seeing deities was very normal and I I think you know as technology progresses our humanity and just kind of doesn't progress with it um so I think we're going to see the reversal of that in the next coming years for sure. And yeah, dragons will absolutely, absolutely be a part of it because they do work on, like archangels, they do work on an individual basis. You know, I, I have Lula and Sebastian always with me, always willing to help me. I have, you know, Ezekiel, the, al the alpha dragon, always willing to come replenish and hype me up when I need it. Um, there's Hamora, the Ascension Dragon, um, beautiful beings that are just always on call, but um, their focus is not really you and your individual needs as much as preparing you to take a higher responsibility for the collective. So there's almost like an agenda where it's like, oh yeah, we'll help you if this is what you need help with but we're helping you with the intention that you're going to turn around and facilitate this exact lesson to a million people or you know like to everyone connected to you like we have that understanding that not contractual obligation because nothing is an obligation but that understanding where it's like yes we will facilitate this lesson with the intention that a you understand it well enough to teach it and B, that you are empowered to deliver the message exactly as we give it. Like, it doesn't need your contribution. It just needs your deliverance. You are an instrument, and you have to be okay with that. Um, and I think that's why, you know, you and I, you know, we're both uh, not just practitioners, but we're teachers. We, we have teaching programs, and it makes complete sense that dragons favor us because, they're they're prepping us as instruments to um to help just to help you know people widely are really beginning to think about life in a different way you know there has to be more than working and dying there has to be and there is and and, and a part of us has always known so you know as people begin to shed the layers of the human condition um they're going to need some help they're going to need some guidance to navigate themselves in, in the safest way and the clearest way. 
So I think dragons really do favor um, those that are called to demonstrate and to facilitate. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely think we're being conditioned for their return. Definitely. They're everywhere in the media, just even Game of Thrones, where there was a direct link, link between human and dragon, the mother of dragons. For me, when I was younger, like Aragon was such a big thing, like reading all the books and like that, that little bad movie was also there. But it was very much into, you know, like you get to connect with a being who understands you, who is devoted to you, you are devoted to them and then take you on this mission that is bigger than you. Like it is bigger than you. You have this, not prophecy, but this kind of work, this destiny. You have been chosen. You are here. Are you going to do it? I know it's so scary. I know we all say no at first, and consciously or consciously we say no, and then, and then you know life crumbles. We do have to say yes. There's no other way, and I wouldn't take it any other way as well. I'm so happy that I'm. I've stepped up and. And I guess all of my traumas, all of my past, all of my childhood was about, you know, scaring me into not doing this. But I got through and I made it and now I'm doing it. And I'm very, very grateful. And I'm wondering for someone that is listening or anyone that is listening, if, if you have a tip on how to, you know, let a dragon come to you or let them know that you're ready or you know embody a certain frequency like how do you get your own dragon teacher mentor how do we do this <laughs> um well something i want to get out of the way is that they love to hear people sing they have i feel a preference for feminine voices but they love hearing people sing and they love when people dance. I, I received some information, they rule the spine. So when you integrate the energies of dragons, it sits in your spine. Um, so, you know, posture, posture, authority, grace. Um, and to call in uh, some of the, uh, what do I want to call them? Some of the heavy hitters, I guess I would say, like the heavy-handed dragons, like the alpha dragon, um, basically holds all the power of manifestation in the freaking world. He is just, just this, exactly what it sounds like, an alpha dragon, okay? He carries this diamond-looking thing that is just a, a radiant white light that you see it, and you're just like, that came directly from source. Like, you just know or the ascension dragon where it's this massive massive orange being i mean its wingspan is a football field so imagine the whole thing you know and it, its mouth looks a little less than a, like a snout and more like a bird beak um it's huge so th those are the ones that kind of like have like if you call them in you better be ready to do some rapid freaking work some rapid profound honest work on yourself to do that i really recommend writing a heartfelt letter truly um and maybe that's just me being mercurial but they love it they freaking love it like writing them a heartfelt letter and being like look this is my problem i'm scared i don't know what to do this is what i want to do and i just don't know how to get there so please you know i i need to be rattled i i 
you know, because dragons are not going to make themselves small for you. I'll tell you that. Like, you're either ready to, to work on their level or they're not, they're just not going to come, period. Um, so for those heavy hitters, I do recommend more of a ceremonial type of process, you know, a prayer, a song that you wrote for them, you know, and it doesn't even have to rhyme. It doesn't even have to be good. It just has to be sincere. Um, I I'm more of a dancer than I am a singer. So I, I like to just move my body, you know, move my body after receiving communication because I, I, I'm so joyful. I'm like, thank you. Like the, uh, that was exactly what I needed. Thank you. I'm going to dance now, you know, dragon dance. Um, so for the heavy hitters, it is more of a ceremonial, like, all right, I'm calling you in. And before you even, before they even get to you, before they even see you, something gets triggered in the universe that begins to prepare you to receive their presence. So if you call in the alpha dragon, for example, and you are calling in his incredible rapid ability to manifest wealth or something, or true love, whatever. Um, circumstance, as soon as you write that letter and, and you do it sincerely, you know, accompany it with, with a prayer, whatever, as soon as you do it, your circumstances are going to change that. It's going to completely wreck any belief, anything inside you that prevents you from receiving. Because you, you, <laughs> you cannot call in these dragons willy-nilly and expect them to slow down for you because you're uncomfortable. It's like you're making an agreement to move at dragon pace. Um, now that's for the heavy hitters. For the elementals, the earth dragons, they, they don't really work on an individual basis. And when they do, they come because you are at a capacity that you can help. Um, because they, they are more in charge of the ley lines, the grids of the planet Earth. So when you are performing at like maximum capacity, like you are in alignment, you're happy, you're joyful, that's when they come in and they're like, all right, now pay it back. Now lend us some of that energy and so we can put it in your immediate ley lines. So you don't really call on the earth dragons as much as the earth dragons come to you when it's time to, to I guess, pay it back, but it's not really pay it back because you're not indebted. It's paying it forward. That's what it is. It, it, it's being altruistic where it's like, I'm doing so great. I would love to lend some of my energy to, to Gaia, to Earth. Um, the fire dragon, love her. She will never deny you. She comes even if you don't call her, literally. If you need her, she knows it and she just, you know, yeets <laughs> to wherever you are. She will find you. Um, the water dragon, same thing. You know, um, it's a little more shy than the fire dragon but pray pray call them and say i need water dragon energy like i need to learn how to flow i need to learn how to surrender i need to develop my psychic gifts i need to learn how to be present in my emotions and check in with myself or the fire dragon i need the courage to get out of this relationship to see my relationships for what they are not for what i want them to be and and destroy every part of me that thinks this is it you know um, so I think the elementals, um, and the air dragons really fun, a mess, but really fun. Love that, um, little dragon, um, always, always willing to share a higher perspective with you on the fly. Um, 
So yeah, the elementals I think are the most accessible. You really don't have to do a whole lot as much as open open yourself to receive them. Open yourself to receive them and um, don't allow yourself, your your ego, I guess, or the conscious mind to question what comes to you. Because the I saw the alpha dragon for the first time when I was like two seconds from falling asleep. But I know that I wasn't asleep. It was just in my face, scaly, horns looking thing. And I was like, all right, it's either Satan or a dragon. <laughs> you know, I was like, either way, I'm going to sleep. And, you know, that vision continued into my dream. And I received instructions and downloads that I didn't fully retain when I woke up. But what I did retain was enough for something to click inside me and be like, I know exactly what to do. Um, so yeah, just open yourself to receiving in whatever way, shape or form they feel that you'll be better able to receive it. So don't give yourself, don't disservice yourself by having expectations. The elementals are very accessible. All you have to do is like you would an angel, just pray, just pray. And then just be ready to act because the dragon frequency is about action, period. Like if they give you help, they expect you to act on it. like it's not a it's not a maybe I'll do it or maybe maybe I imagined it I'm not gonna do it at all hell no (laughs) dragon energy will make you act on it um but that's why they're so great because they they are about that life they will change you I've had this vision once I started working with them where I, I could see my path and there was this red and this blue dragon just like burning all the obstacles being like we're going to make this rush. So I, I love when you're saying like, this is like rapid, quick action. It's really that. They're like, we're not going to distract you with any of the BS. We're just going to like go on this, you know, very quick, quick, quick uh, carpet that moves and takes you directly there. That's that. And I loved it. It's like straightforward. Let's just go with it. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get lost into all the deviations. Yeah, there's no coddling, no nothing. They're just like, oh, you want help? All right, well, here's what you do. Now do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have a question about the water dragon. I have had this vision where it was more like a journey where I was a dragon and I was inside of the water and you mentioned ley lines. So I remember this vision because a friend of mine was talking me through it. Like he was asking me questions when I was there and I was responsible of the French ley lines. <laughs> I was... I had so much wrath. Like I was so angry with everyone because the ley lines were not properly activated anymore. So I was there, I was in the water, I was this beautiful green serpent and I had this beautiful red gem just here. And I was wondering if when you met the water dragon, if this is the way you felt, if they have something to say about ley lines, if we could do something to, you know, make it better and help the planet. I haven't experienced um, that part of the water dragon. I think I've experienced it in just a different way, but there is a similar thing where I didn't feel wrath. I think I got wrath out of the way (laughs) with the fire dragon. Um, And wrath wasn't the good way for me to go because I, I did used to have an anger problem. Like I literally had to go to therapy and all these things. So like wrath was not the way for me. They were like, yeah, we're not going to awaken that in her. Um, but I, 
as soon as I began working with the, the water dragon, I did have many dreams where I was in visions, honestly, even in my waking life where I was so deeply moved um, by the conditions of our oceans and, and the conditions of its inhabitants. I was like, oh my God, like I went from, you know, I mean, I've always, you know, thought that environmental health is important, but overnight I was like a warrior. I was like, I'm, I'm single-handedly going to save the whales. There was just such an urgent call within me to address the health of our oceans and, and protect it and empower anyone that's out there fighting that fight, you know? So I experienced something similar, but not the ley lines. And I didn't experience wrath. I experienced deep, profound sorrow and um, indignance. It wasn't really wrath. It was just like, I can't believe we're doing this. The ocean does so much for us. She could revolt realistically whenever she wants. And what would we do about it? Not a damn thing, you know? What are your new nuclear weapons going to do when Mother Gaia is tired of us and revolts against us? What are you gonna do? Shoot the ocean to death? Like, you know what I mean? It really put things into perspective for me. And um, so yeah, I did experience something similar. I think I just kind of experienced it on a different way where it wasn't really about the ley lines for me as much as for me, it was the life within it, the actual, life of the ocean its consciousness and all of the people or i guess i call them people because they seem so real but all of the beings inside of her that are just as alive as you and i are but are not treated as such um so yeah i yeah there's definitely a similar theme going on um with your experience of the water dragon in mind what I want to say is that they speak to us in the way that we understand. For me, rough is the thing that gets me going and makes me do stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm sure that they found another way for you. And then to everyone else here, like there's, you know, there's no frame. They speak to you. So how are you making things happen? Whenever I get angry, this is when I do my stuff. <laughs> this is what makes me create because anger is activating force for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to say also is that you mentioned the fact that we have lost abilities because of technology and this is so important because what i'm trying to show with reiki is that we're not just the gifted ones everybody can do reiki everybody can practice healing remote energy healing and do it on someone else you just need to cons consider it have some time practice it and then you're done you know so it's mm -hmm. the same with dragons or trance or meditation or whatever everybody can do it so i believe that there were abilities that we all had we all could go in a trance and travel through deep dimensions and do different things and i can see that those are coming back and i love that and there's no real question but i just wanted to jump on that point and say that you listening here right now you have your own abilities. This is not lost to you. We're not part of a VIP access plan where we get to speak with different beings. Like everybody can do this. And this is why we also have course and programs where we're just here to guide you and put a little bit of light along the way so that you don't think you're in a maze or in a very dark field. Like, hey, you know, signposts. 
you're here, you can do it, everybody can do it. The more we do it, the more we help the planet, the more we help everybody around. So that's that's what we're talking about. It, this is not about two brains thinking like mm -hmm. any kind of debate we have on TV where we're like, you know, on a pedestal or something. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you will never catch me gatekeeping, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's just so old <laughs> to me. I'm just like, if you're gatekeeping, you have some work to do and that's okay. You know, that's okay. I get it. That's where you're at. Um, as long as that doesn't, isn't projected onto me, doing me any harm, I understand. And I'm not going to judge you because, you know, we all go through it where we're like, we're special, you know, um, when we're coming from a wounded space, but um, we're not the, we're all so capable so capable that i think you know yeah the progression of technology has regressed humanity in some ways and you know not to go off on a whole tangent but that was one of the main reasons for the fall of the continent known as atlantis was that the technology grew so rapidly because of the psychic and telepathic and communicative abilities that eventually that technology, rather than serving humanity, humanity began to serve technology. You know, we used it for everything and eventually we used it for war and we used it to kill each other and we used it to break up the continent. And now we have all these lands with with miles of ocean in between it when it didn't used to be that way um and i think we're very like not to be pessimistic but i think we're very rapidly seeing the same patterns except that this time we're not being allowed to get to that point period like it's just not going to happen um and I think this is a huge reason for these mass awakenings, you know, people really looking at their life and, and kind of at least asking the question, you know, like, could there be something else going on? You know, could there, could there just be more? Could there just be a beyond? Whatever you want to call it. Could there be a God, et cetera? Do prophets really exist? You know, um, Things like that, I, I think as long as the desire is there to know and, and to um, remember, because you do know. It's just about remembering and coming. Ascension, people think it's linear and it's upwards, but ascension, it, I, I feel, goes within. And it just brings you back to your natural state, what you've always been before you incarnated into this life experience, you know, and all these wounds happened and stuff like that. Um, what just at your core, what you've always been, you know, our ancestors were a lot more durable than we are. Um, you know, and I, I think I talked about it on Twitter with you. I don't know, but I talked about it somewhere where, you know, I feel that the Aztecs, who used human sacrifice in their rituals held human life with more sanctity than we do now because we are so desensitized back then that was the ultimate sacrifice it was it was sacred it was um protected it was it was huge you know what i mean um it was a huge part of their religious beliefs that i 
I am so humbled. I am so desperate, you know, um, by this energy that I'm willing to give a human life. Like it was, there was no greater sacrifice. And yet here we find ourselves laughing at viral videos of people being bullied, being physically harmed, you know, being, being killed for, you know, their physical appearance, their, their racial and, um, their, the race dynamic, all those things. Uh, and, you know, we just, we have to get back to who we really are. We have to get back to, to being, um, to just being, to just being without having to prove anything. I think is what needs to happen. And this is why we're, we have such huge schools beginning to, to come up at our disposal. You know, um, the Akashic Records, the, I'm teaching a course of how to access your own now. Um, you know, in a, in a few months, I'll be teaching how to become a practitioner for those who are invited to. Um, and, you know, the dragon frequency, um, all those things, these huge, immense tools are coming in because we need it. <laughs> we need to remember. We can't keep progressing the way we are. And it's just not going to happen. Like, we're, just, we're not going to fail. There's just no way. We're, they're not going to let us fail. You either get with the program or you got to go back home and reconvene or something, but you're going to get with the program. Exactly. Exactly. Otherwise, we're all losing if we're gatekeeping. And mm -hmm. you said we have questions. Well, we have ways to find answers. We have all the ways. We have so many ways right now. More are coming. We have the answers. And the answers is taking you into a feeling mode. You know, you're not thinking about the question anymore. And then you get to feel, and then you get to go back to the source, which is energy is truth. This is why we're all in our mental activity, because we're finding confusion and doubts and all those things instead of seeing what is the truth. What you're feeling in your heart is the truth. You can't control it. This is the truth. With Reiki, we're helping you to consciously, you know, connect to what you're feeling, to what is the truth, and then you move on. Or you actually pursue something. Or you get your act together and you do those things. What I also want to say is that I'm not doing this for myself. Although I'm having so much fun and this is incredible and I'm so expanded and like living life. I'm not doing this for myself. Yesterday I had this weird interview business meeting with some people who wanted like a coach in Reiki to be on their platform. And they kept mentioning money, money, money. And they, their whole message was based on fear. And they really triggered me. Like, guys, I remembered something. I'm not doing this for the money. Of course, I want money to live and stuff. But I was a photographer. I had a really good life. I built a really nice career. And it was not enough. And my guides were like, we're jumping out of the ship. We're going in the water for a while. And then we'll find some land. And then you're going to do something that is bigger than you that is not about you this is for others you're doing it for others and this is where you shine because if i was still doing this for you know just getting money and then getting to travel wherever i want yeah i could have continued that so i said no to the interview yesterday and i remembered that i'm not doing this for my own ego and to be like yeah i have that many followers and that many people listening to my podcast and oh yeah yeah i'm not doing that at all like, this is actually kind of scary for me to be like, yeah, I believe in dragons. Yeah, I see them. Yeah. 
like some people from my high school could listen to this and be like oh wow she went weird <laughs> yeah and i'm making it public but i'm this is this is truth this is energy this is truth and this is bigger than me and i'm sure that it's the same for you you're doing it because you're being guided to yeah i don't do anything without like three months of <laughs> affirmation and i'm like are you sure it's gonna be okay like are you sure yeah it's true it, it's just about um you know we deserve to be compensated for our passions um and i say that with the utmost grace but also authority and that's the dragon in me where i say you know we're doing this with an understanding that it goes much beyond ourselves for sure but girl brag go ahead tell everyone that you have this many listeners like i don't think that there's anything wrong with that so long as it's not like yeah like greedy like the money thing that's not cool you know yes we deserve to be compensated for our passions and for um the work we do but um it can't just be that you know uh money used to be such a worry for me you know i grew up very poor and <laughs> um the akashic records you know they're like are you still worried about money like this far into your journey here and then a snap it just freaking grows on trees it just falls in my lap and they prove how replaceable money is if you spend it spend it it's gonna come back one way or another you know and um you know the not the challenging or difficult but the, the other side of that is manifesting things like faith or clarity oh that's where the real value the real work that's where it is the nitty-gritty money they you can just shower yourself with money whenever you want. It, it's the ability to receive. It's the ability to love, to be seen, to be accepting of yourself, even the parts that are less desirable. You know, that's where the nitty gritty is. And um, that's where the woundedness comes in. And I think that's why you're being called to be openly communicative and be openly expressive and open that path for those who may vibrate at a similar frequency than you and have difficulties with expression. You know, I, I'm, I'm very Gemini, so I'm like the opposite of you and your Scorpio, where it's easy for me to express, but at times it's challenging for me to just sit and process my emotions without trying to categorize them or, or make them make sense. You know, so that was my expansion, was I had to learn how to be sincere with myself and be there for myself, you know, instead of constantly yakking and talking my way into understanding. Some things are just not meant to be understood. They're just meant to be felt. And I get that now, like I understand it. Um, but yeah, this it, it's about purpose, you know, and I'm sure glory comes with it when you act with integrity, Every, like people recognize it, they recognize you, they're gonna hype you up and that's great, but it is more, geared towards purpose everything you do even if you smile at someone it has to be for purpose not glory you know because the real magic happens when you align your personal goals with the magic and goals of spirit like that is where the real heavy duty miracle performing <laughs> happens 
Um, and I'm very grateful that I understood that um, from the jump because you're doing great. You know, this podcast is only going to continue growing. You know, your Reiki training program, I highly recommend. I'm still catching up, but you know, um, the, the basics and the, um, the research that's been cited and stuff really resonates for me. I think you're, you know, I said this in the last episode, but I think you're a reliable source of support, information, realness, you know, and um, it's inevitable that people respond to that. So you will continue to expand and you will grow. It's just, um, you know, not allowing it to to become greed, um, which I never fear for you at all, ever. (laughs) But, you know, there may be some souls out there that struggle with that a little bit more. You know, either it comes from a woundedness of competition, needing to compete or needing to just be financially secure they were taught that there's not enough so they compete or something i don't know where it comes from but it comes from a wound it's um, it's an energy that also exists above all of us and it's been mm-hmm. so connected with us and it's present every day you open instagram that's there mm-hmm. it's when you are in your energy you feel all also like others energy but also the collective's energy we are so into running believing we can all become famous little stars and that's, we're just, we have the calls, they're attached to us. And that's what I'm trying to show with my Reiki that, hey, like we all have this. Let's just mm-hmm. shift it or see that and see that. And it gets scary when you actually zoom out of your body and you see what happens and how connected to the collective you are. Yeah, you can't just do it for the glory. I'm not criticizing glory. I'm sure it sounds really cool. It's always nice when I receive a message from someone, but you can't do it for that. Otherwise, you're going to end up with nothing in your hands when you've received all the glory. You've kind of desensitized to it at some point. I'm sure that mm-hmm. Brad Pitt doesn't get like a high when he's on a red carpet. He's just like, yeah, usual life. So yeah, just purpose. And I want to say one last thing because we've been talking about the whole the duty and the idea that we're being told what to do and spirit. And it sounds a lot like it's work. But I also want to share how beautiful it is and how how wonderful it feels to be connected to source, to give and to receive. And we're always, you know, I'm giving a lot of my time, but I'm receiving so much love, so much connection, so much beauty in my external life and in my inner life. And I just want to say that if you've been saying no to your destiny in ways, this is not all about work. This is not all about obstacles and fighting and cutting off and doing this and that. It's wonderful, divine love and reparation and joy, just joy, fulfillment. So how do you feel about this? <laughs> oh, yeah, I completely agree. My life has never been better, even when I thought that it was good it got better. You know what I mean? It got better. And um, I just feel more at home in myself. And because I feel more at home in myself, um, I'm, I have my first apartment, you know, ever in California, no less Southern California. So it's like, I'm kind of doing a really good job right now. Um, and that's a very tangible way to show the growth and the independence that you know, um, I moved away from, I, I, I moved away from self-reliance and I started being like, I want help. Like, 
if you want me to do this work, you're going to make it as easy for me, as clear to me, and as supportive because I am baby and I need lots of emotional affirmation all the time. I constantly need my handheld, so you better. And you know, you talked about in your program setting boundaries and stuff. Those were my terms and conditions. You are always in control of um, maybe not destiny, you know, but you are always in control of how you get there and how you shape it. And I was really smart. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I'm tired of fighting. I don't want to fight. You're going to make this easy. You're going to make my life smooth. Uh, you're going to make me happy. And that's exactly what's been happening, you know, the whole time. The whole time, my life just gets smoother and smoother and smoother. And it's, it's beautiful having a doubt, a problem, a fear. I don't care how mundane it is. Sometimes I'm asking, I open the Akashic Records in all of their ancient and infinite wisdom to just ask, should I text this guy back? <laughs> but it's so nice having somebody there, knowing that someone out there cares about you, that this love you did not earn, so you don't lose it. There's nothing you could do to lose it. And I think that unconditional connectedness is what we're, we're we all want just I don't care who you are you want it um and that part has been so profoundly moving and beautiful and has affected my life not just emotionally and mentally you know but re tangibly materially like it's it's there in front of me my growth and I need to get better about celebrating that <laughs> I do need to slow down and that's my, that's the work I'm doing. That's the chapter I'm in right now is slowing down and, and knowing that everything's fine. No one's going to take this from me. Everything's cool, you know? Um, but it, it is beautiful. It's work that I enjoy doing. I wake up every morning and I have like, I don't know, nine clients or something. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. Like I'm in it. Like I'm ready because I enjoy it so much. And it, it, like I said before, my work uses all my natural skills and talents that I just, I've always had. So it doesn't even feel like, um, it doesn't even feel like I'm doing a lot, even though I know I am at the same time. Um, and I think that is what we all want. We want to be compensated for our passions and we want to work in a way that makes us feel significant. Um, and that uses our natural interests and, and our skills. Um, and we're all going to get there. We're all going to get there. I just want to reiterate that we're all going to get there. Like, we do not fail. It's not a matter of if you're psychic. It's just a matter of when you decide to use it. That's it. And to what level you feel comfortable using it. You can always pause your progression if you want to, you know, and then you can always increase the speed of it if you're ready for that too there's ways to do that you're fine you can go at your own pace there is no competition there is no who's more psychic than who nothing like we're we're not rushing towards any destination except ourselves you know i can't compete to be capuchin you can't compete to be denise like it just doesn't make sense um and i think you know we need to calm down and remember that that the destination or whatever the destiny we're moving towards is just ourselves 
and seeing ourselves and every person, seeing through the illusion that is separation. Um, now, at times, it is more challenging, um, especially if you have, you know, people whose political agendas you don't agree with, whatever, somebody wounded you in the past. And in those ways, it is challenging. Um, but take on that challenge. Like, it's, it's cool. Like, one way or another, we're all going to choose the same experience of unity. It's just a matter of it, uh, of when and how you get there that you get a say in. Um, but no, absolutely, you know, there's so much love, there's so much support. Um, you know, those parental wounds, they don't go away, but they are compensated for tenfold. And it, it's beautiful because I feel the Akashic records are my home. And, you know, the dragon frequencies are kind of like the maternal parental energies that, you know, they stand for grace and they stand for authority. So every now and then I get a talking to, but I need that. I, I need a loving form of discipline, not a punishment. Um, so there is a lot of joy to be had, a lot of truth to be had, a lot of liberation to be enjoyed in this work. Um, and, you know, maybe we should stop calling it work and we should start calling it like playing or something because that's kind of how it feels sometimes is, you know, you're having fun. It really does. I really feel like I'm playing every day. I'm so, so happy and fulfilled. What happens is that I really felt like I was always trying to create initiatives and always like missing the right timing or missing the right words. Oh, I was always, you know, out of step. So I just gave it. I, I was like, you know what, like temperance, I'm giving it to you, source. And then I'm listening. I'm sacrificing my own little egoic ways of how I want to do it. So I'm sacrificing, I'm making it sacred. Mm -hmm. Now you tell me. And whatever you tell me, I'm doing it. Right now what they're telling me does not make sense with what I've been doing a few months ago. I'm still doing it. I'm still doing it. That, that's just the way. But yeah, we still have free will though. I'm still able to say like, you're telling me something. I'm not, you know, refuting it, but I still have the free will to say, okay, now you're telling me to move to Colombia. Like, I just moved to France. <laughs> That's an example. Nobody's telling me this, but I still could say no. And you, if you hear something, you can still say no, but there's a beauty in being guided and, you know, having someone's hand taking you somewhere. That's how it feels. Like mm -hmm. finally having a bigger hand, holding your tiny hand and taking you. <laughs> I love this. We need that. We need to be held. We need to be, we need to feel okay to be our, our, our baby self, you know, and that's what I mean by um, moving away from self-reliance. You don't have to take care of yourself all the time. There's someone much more capable out there <laughs> of taking care of you if you just allow them to. Um, and I don't know who that is for you. It could be a spiritual guide. It could be, you know, a man in the sky. If that's what you want to believe in. Um, it could be a freaking winged serpent. You know what I mean? Um, a fairy, a unicorn. Now I totally see the validity of it. Um, yeah, it, whatever you want to call in, your ancestors, your lineage, whatever feels right and heartfelt to you. But the fact is that no matter who you are channeling or calling in, 
there is something out there. There is a force out there that wants nothing but the best for you and wants, it, it is not going to ask anything of you that you can't give. You know, it, it's, it's beautiful. And I'm very privileged and very humbled and honored to be one of the ushers that help, you know, take people from their awakening through to finding um, a more complete, a more full, a more authentic version of, of that destiny we're talking about. So, yeah. Thank you for saying this. I just went to church to see a Christmas kind of show for my little sister. She's nine. So I was back into that whole church system where I'm not criticizing anything but the main belief is there's a man in the sky who thinks you're a sinner and that that never happens with the Akashic Records or with dragons or with anyone you're not a sinner you're not born pure and then made evil by humanity no 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 you're just loved guided sometimes it has a little twist of authority that is well needed it's like you know, you, you were a little bit tipsy and then suddenly you sew it up, which is nice. But nobody's telling you in the Akashic Records, like, you did wrong, blah, blah, blah. Like, you're a sinner. Like, nothing, nothing. I just wanted to say that. That's it. <laughs> no, nothing at all. No, I, I completely agree. It's all, we're just here to experience ourselves, to live out our chosen experiences. We're here to play, man. And people forget that life is supposed to be fun. So, exactly. you know, hopefully Dragon, in all their glory, um, remind you that, hey, you're supposed to be enjoying this. Like, don't forget, because um, that's important too. It's not just about your needs. It's also about your desires. They are equally important. Um, and I think we tend to forget sometimes that we're supposed to be having a good time and now I am so you know now I am I think that's important exactly like did you enjoy it did you put it in the perspective that you're gonna enjoy this next whatever it may be whether it's this morning this interview this thing whatever did you put yourself in a situation where oh I can't wait for this to be finished or you're like I'm enjoying it and that's it I think it's so important. I get that with my little sister as well. She's nine. She's always thinking that everything is duty or a chore. Even the Christmas show was supposed to be fun, but she was like, eh, I don't want it. And I was like, well, you get to enjoy it. Can you try? And we had the same at Disneyland where she was like, no, no, no. Like she was with fear. And I was like, no, no, no. This is like excitement here. Try it. And then she tried it and she had fun for the whole ride. And it was so good. So that little twist where you can have someone's voice telling you hey are you enjoying it yeah i like that i love this thank you <laughs> do you want to talk about one last thing one one whatever you want i do want to self-plug <laughs> i'm going to self-plug you know um because i do love teaching and i love reading the tarot I have a great time, very different from the Akashic Records. I love uh, giving individual Akashic Records sessions. That's kind of where most of my work is anyway right now. But I do love teaching. Like that is my 
jam. Like that is my bread and butter. That is where I shine. So um, I love to teach. So let me teach you. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say in a nutshell. Like, let me help you not by telling you what to think, what to feel, because I'm not with that whole man in the sky telling me what I can and cannot do thing either. Um, but I am about, hey, you know, you're, you're more capable than you think you are. And if you just have a supportive environment, um, I'm sure that you could create miracles for yourself, you know? And, and so I make it literally my business to create that collaborative, that supportive environment to help you fail in peace and triumph in peace as well. So um, if you're interested, I do teach tarot at the beginner level, at the intermediate level. I teach um, the how to access your personal Akashic records. I teach um, eventually, pretty soon, I'm going to launch a practitioner program for the Akashic Records. That's going to be really interesting. Um, but I'm very excited to take on that journey. Um, so yeah, if you're called to, if you have ever had a connection, even a curiosity about tarot, Reiki, you know, with Capuchin, um, tarot with Capuchin, if, uh, human design with Capuchin, you know, I'm like, dang girl, like your, your services are so expensive. But if you've ever felt a call to these realms, to these tools to help you more fully become yourself, there are resources out there. So find one that works for you. Even if it's not me, talk to Capuchin, talk to um, somebody out there, find a mentor if you need um, if you need one, or if you just have questions, you know, um, like I said, I, I'm very loyal to the Akashic Records. If somebody comes and says, I've been called to be a practitioner, um, I'll give them the Linda Howe book. I don't care. You know, they don't have to join my program. You know, I'm like, hey, if, if, if you feel that that's right, this is how I learned. If this is exactly the book that I use to do all I'm doing now. Um, so if, like, if that calls to you, I'm, I'm sure it'll work for you too, you know, since you asked me and that's all I can give, I'm sure that's what I was meant to give you. Um, but always seek out those, seek out what calls to you, indulge in it. There's nothing wrong. And if you find that it isn't for you, that's cool. You're going to find something else that's for you, you know? Um, so I do want to end on the note of, yeah, self-promotion, take my class, but also take a class. Please, you know, you are, you are doing a greater service by expanding your definition of yourself. Um, and there's plenty of help and resources for a person to do that. So, you know, hopefully I'm one of them. If not, Capuchin, I trust you completely. I know that the people that join your program go on to become, you know, a higher version of themselves. And it's beautiful to witness. And I just want more and more and more people to allow themselves the indulgence of these experiences. Exactly. And they are a continued pleasure. It's not like you bought something in a shop and 10 minutes later, you're a little bit done with it because, you know, it didn't bring you something or whatever. But thank you so much for your presence, for everything that you share with us. It's so beautiful. It's so needed and you are a shining star like i love i love your energy 
and the way that you share it. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your time. I cannot wait to see more of you and more of your developments and, and your story. Thank you so much. And congrats. <laughs> congrats for everything. Thank you for having me. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I really do love you. And, you know, anything I can do to support you, you can count on me. Um, I'll figure it out and I'll, I will definitely make sure that support is felt. Me too. Me too. Anything, whatever you need. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening up until this point. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you had a beautiful experience. Let me know in the comments, in the reviews, in my social media, and you can contact me, message me, and tell me how this experience of Eyes Closed has brought you peace, serenity, and discoveries. Come back each week. We have much more in store for you. Thank you. If you'd like to experience energy healing, energy hygiene, consider joining my premium on my website where each Tuesday I'm holding a virtual circle and I'm giving energy healing according to different themes. This will change your life. It will bring you closer to truth, to resonance, to connection with yourself and with others. And if you're ready to jump, you can also learn energy healing, Reiki, with me each month just by subscribing and joining and registering to my next course. All the details are again down below in the show notes. Thank you so much. And if you enjoy this moment, consider sending it to a friend. They might need it as well. Thank you so much.